Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Hi, I'm John Oliver, member number one. You're listening to Joy 94.9. Welcome to Been There, Done That, Joy 94.9. But before we start, we need to play another piece of music, so the band has tucked themselves away, and we'll play this one instead. It's very nice to go travelling To Paris, London and Rome It's oh so nice to go travelling But it's so much nicer, yes, it's so much nicer to come home. It's very nice. And it's a very good morning, whatever time it is. (laughs) You're on Joy 94.9, been there, done that, and it's Gordon, and I am back. That's what that song's all about. Been away for a couple of weeks and well filled in by Will, so that was very nice. And it's great to be home again. And your own bed. In my own bed, yes. Well, what were you sleeping in the hammock? No, 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 no. It was a very <coughs> plush suite we were having on the on the Queen Elizabeth. Oh. Can I point something out? Yeah. What? You're listening to Been There, Done That on Joy 94.9. Well, oh, that's course. the three of us. With that have said Chris, it now. Phil and Gordon, who's back from holidays. <laughs> well done, Phil. Well, now we know who we are. Now we, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, I don't know who you were. No, well, I'm, I'm me. And I'm me. Well, no, you can't be me. I am. <laughs> You're you. No, you're you, I'm me. I thought we cleared this up years ago. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I've missed you. I've missed you all. I'm sure you haven't. <laughs> well, no, it, it, was, it was a lovely cruise. We didn't go to Rome, Paris and New York. We went to Picton, Wellington, Akaroa, Dunedin and around the bottom of New Zealand and back up and through the Sounds and Milford Sound and all the rest of it. And it was a really wonderful trip. Yeah, really wonderful way to have a holiday is go for one of these luxury cruises. You, you were sort of like a snail. You went where your house took you. Oh, yeah. And your house was a boat. A very big ship, actually, about something like 90,000 tonnes of it, yes. Wow. And you shared that space with how many other people? Oh, just under 2,000. It wasn't wasn't full. That's right. It was 2,000 of his closest friends. Yeah, that's right. And it was... uh, it was the you you couldn't fault the food in the in the Queen's Grill where we were, which was the uh, basically first class on the ship, and um, there were plenty of wine and, and drinks and what have you. Not that we drank very much, but it was just very nice. They had plenty of food, plenty of food. If you went up to the Lido on the ninth deck, you could choose what you wanted, and they were cooking away there. Very nice. Well, I'm sure you were the. Uh perfect example of a, a good guest on board, but did you see any people 
misbehaving themselves, sort of being no, not, terrible Aussies? No, not really. Not, not, not like it was on the last cruise. On the last cruise we were on, they took three blokes off and flew them home from a little island. They flew them back to Namia. Yes, I don't know what those three guys have been doing, but they put them on a plane and chopped them off the ship, that's for sure, but nothing nothing like that. Oh, well, that saves throwing them over the side <laughs> of the <laughs> sharks. They might have been cruising for a bruising. Yeah, could have been doing something like that. But anyhow, yeah, but the the ship is lovely and it's uh, it's it's beautifully appointed and everything is nice. The only thing, the only com- actual complaint I had was that the hot water in the shower wasn't hot enough. It's, it's controlled heat so nobody burns themselves. And I like a really hot shower. And I left my violin at home. I could have played the saddest song. This is a real first world problem, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. But we actually we were without water one day. There was a there was a leak in one of the water pipes. They had to replace the whole pipe section where the leak was, and people were up on the deck complaining. I said, "Well, it's better to have a leaking pipe than a leaking boat." And they said. Oh, yes, you're right, aren't you? Yes, they're all right, okay, fine, you know. And you're surrounded by water. If you're thirsty, you jump Just, overboard. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, like that, it was the whole ship was without water, yeah. I can assure you. Wow. The whole ship. You couldn't get a cup of coffee or a cup of tea in the dining room oh, or anything no. like that. There's no water. Well, I was Mrs. Marsh we used so to what, say, you're soaking in what, it. What... What um, my partner and I did, we just boiled up a jug of water, hot jug of water, had an APC and a shave. Felt clean enough because you're not getting any armpits and crutch. <laughs> I hadn't heard that expression, but I can understand the sediment. Of the sediment. <laughs> yes, yeah. So you just had an APC and a shower, shave and washed yourself all over and that was it. It was a, you, Because you weren't doing anything like hard, rough work. It was fine. You just make do. And as I said to our butler, who was... We, yes, was hang on, hang on. Just, just make do. <laughs> so we asked our butler. No, I, I That's was, not making do. I was talking to the butler and I said, and he, he called me Sir Gordon and because I don't like being called Mr. Wilson ever. And uh, he, he and the butler and the butler's assistant called me Mr. Sir Gordon. Anyhow, and they said, how did you? I said, so, nothing to do with worry about the water. I said, um, I come from a place where there was very little water and you made do with what you could get. Mm. And that was it. And, I, I, so, and he was fine with that. So you've been spending two weeks with a, a butler. I go home on a train without even a conductor. <laughs> But I tell you what, um, they they did everything for us. We didn't have, well, whatever we needed, we, they just asked them and they would do it for you. I've yeah. heard about those cruises. Yeah. Mm. For 10% more. Did you ever find any other gay people on board? Well, they had a place up in the Commodore Lounge where they had a, a GLBTI um, meeting from five till six. Well, we went up there one afternoon about five o'clock to check it out. And uh, couldn't see anybody there, and so we were the only two. Well, there were a couple of other gay guys there, but they were sitting at one of the other tables, and the rest of them were just ordinary people. But when we went up for the we, the second last day, there was a martini um, demonstration of how to make martinis and cocktails and everything, you know. So we were sitting in an area, and when we went in there, we saw the sign up that said this was the area for the GLBTI meeting. But the, the day we went there, there was nobody sitting in that area. But one of the things we did find out, George was kept saying, who is this Friends of Bill W? And I couldn't work it out either. Every day there was a meeting of the Friends of Bill W. So you were thinking it might have been something like the Friends of Dorothy? Sort of like that, yes, but yeah. we didn't, couldn't work it out. And it turns out it was the, they were the Friends of Bill Wilson, and Bill Wilson was the man that started Alcoholics Anonymous. So it was for people that were not drinking. Oh. Isn't that lovely? Yeah, so, and then when they explained to me, I said, oh, yes, of course, it was Bill Wilson that started the 
yeah. started Alcoholics Anonymous because my brother was in the AA and uh, mm-hmm. and we got we got we just got talking and they're great guys. There's just a couple of guys sitting there by themselves and um, yeah. I'm just thinking if it's anonymous, how do we know his name? No, he was the fellow that started it <laughs> anonymously. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's only anonymous if you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, there we go. So how many of them were in the How to Make a Cocktail group? None of them, okay. I can assure you. And was that in case you ever m- run into Dean Martin, that oh. you might need to know how to make a cocktail? <laughs> no, but um, the, the Ryan, that who was the, the cocktail uh, demonstrator and everything, he was drop-dead gorgeous, I can tell you. Beautiful-looking man and, and a very, very nice person as well. Yeah. Well, you don't get a job on a cruise ship on your ability, do you? Well, you do, I think. He'd been working, You've got to look parody. He'd been working the Cunard line for 14 years, so... Everything was there. You didn't have to do anything. And as I said, when we were having dinner the last night on the in the in the special our our restaurant, um, I sort of said to the people sitting next to me, I said, "Oh well, tomorrow night is dinner out of the freezer." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just quickly, uh, your land-based cruises when you got to New Zealand, they were very good. Yeah, we went to in Picton. We went to the. Um, aircraft museum which is they had two museums one with all world war one planes and huge models of airmen and soldiers and all the rest of it around the place and they're all made by peter jackson studios the fellow that made the lord of the rings he made made them all and put them all into the and and he owns most of the planes in that exhibition and then the um in the that was the world war one ones then you had world war two we went up there once again all the big um, models of the men and everything were made by Peter Jackson. And they they haven't finished that. That's the first part of three parts to bring up the whole museum. That was very good. Um, Wellington, we went to the Lord of the Rings, where they were doing all this, how they made Lord of the Rings and all the stuff they're doing now, wow. which was very interesting. And we saw where they opened the show, opened the Lord of the Rings, the first scene from Lord of the Rings, which is on the side of a bloody hill. You could hardly, if you lost your step, you couldn't stop yourself from falling. I can tell you, it was. But it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. Terrific! Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful, Gordon. You're on Joy ninety four point nine. Been there, done that with Gordon, Phil, and Chris. Love radio. Joy is now on iHeartRadio. Turn us on anywhere. You're with Gordon, Phil, and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy ninety four point nine. Ah, oh, my mouth is back in automatic mode. Oh, really? We had problems while you were away, Gordon. I, I, I kept wanting to introduce you to the show, but you weren't here. Oh, Paul, we'll get was kept calling Gordon or something, wasn't? Well, he? no, we, we, we worked out Phil, Will, and Chris. Oh, good. And that yeah. didn't rhyme, so we called Chris Dill. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you tell stories or you don't tell stories. I just call them as I see them. Oh, golly gosh. There's a, there's a gay storyteller who's having a birthday around about this time. Uh, we're talking about HCA, Hans Christian Andersen, a mm. Danish storyteller born on the 2nd of uh, April 1805 and died uh, 4th of uh, August in 1875. So... Um, 70 years old, which wasn't probably a bad age for those particular years. But he was uh, not a pretty person, according to the drawings and paintings we see of him. No, he wasn't. He wasn't like the pretty people that he wrote about. And he was probably introverted, but he had all these stories, which were fairy tales, because the stories were aimed at uh, kids growing up. And I don't know whether... um, he was 
actually qualified to to write some of these stories from his own experience yeah well you you don't know what they what the full history of some of these writers were was uh, mm. because it's it's you know they they get lost in the realms of history and well, time he, and everything but he know? had to go to work at the age of 11 when his father died insane so that would be lights yeah. forming he was apprenticed to a weaver and tailor and later worked in a tobacco factory. Well, that's he's a bit qualified, like, isn't it? Well, a little bit like Charles Dickens then yeah, in that yeah, case because yeah. he was sent out to work very young. But, well, see, maybe if you have a hard life, you start to imagine things. Well, you, you imagine probably, better things. Yeah, this is possible. However, you're going on to tell us something about his behaviour or appearance. Well, he had a high-pitched voice and effeminate mannerisms. Now... Let's not use stereotypes, but he was probably a bit queer. <laughs> well, <laughs> even the, all the world's queer except thee and me. Um, yeah. So he, he had possibly a, a slightly different slant on the world from where he was viewing it. Mm. There's an interesting line in his bio. Once his trousers were pulled down when his other workers suspected he was a girl. So I guess they just wanted to check to see if just anything like, was there. Yes, yeah. That's nice well, people that, to work that, with. That would be pretty embarrassing, I would think. Yeah. Oh, rather. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was an eccentric, an overly sensitive student, an exceptionally tall, almost ungainly, with an enormous nose that marred his looks. His fem- feet, arms and legs were disproportionately large for his frame. Would he have had that disease like um, the singer, that South African singer? Troy Sivan. Troy Sivan. Because he has a disease that causes his arms and legs to be long. Yeah. But they're not disproportionate. No, they're never I saw dis- him on TV the other yeah, day. they're not disproportionate. And he's still looking quite lovely. But, the, um, right. but, okay. they, but they tend to be longer. Yeah, mm. but there you are. See, he, he was painted into a corner and he had to live his life in the world with these, uh, I will call them disabilities mm. because he didn't have the flexibility of being one of the mob. Mm-hmm. But I think that's why he st- probably started sat down and started to write, because he could write down things that he would love to be doing. Would, would you write happened. a story called The Ugly Duckling, for instance? Yeah, but The Ugly Duckling turns into a swan. Which may have been his wish. Yes, that's his wish. If he can't have the happy ending, give be, it to the duck. Yeah, because give it to the duck, yeah. Well, if you've been to... Uh, Copenhagen? Copenhagen, yeah. Yes. They've seen this mermaid on the rock. Oh, that's well, that's the highly disturbing and morbid tale about a mermaid who makes a diabolical bargain with a sea witch and suffers her tongue to be cut out and her tail to be lost for all the love of a prince. Mm. Inevitably, he completely fails to recognise the enormity of her sacrifice. I mean, there's no happy ending there. No, not there. Wasn't. Me yeah. while I cut my tongue well, that, out that might have been that off. might have been him the way he was thinking of himself being. Uh, him, he may have at the time have had a, 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 a be, been in love with some other guy or something or other, you know. But it wasn't reciprocated, so he's written that back as a story. And um, what happened to him? You know, but they, they cut his, might have cut his tongue out, but they didn't stop him from writing. There's a whole an analogy thing that you could there, work in there. There is, there is. Mm. And, of course, the other uh, fairy story writers were the Grimm brothers, but their stories were grim oh, until God. Mr. Disney got onto them. Now, what was the story there? Was that... Disney takes one page European fairy tale and adds ten tons of sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and 
I guess by animating it, you give the characters the joy and happiness that Disney projects. Yeah. And keep as much of the story as you want. Okay. Because they did The Little Mermaid too, but I don't recall them cutting her tail off or her tongue tongue out. No, No, I don't think so either. (laughs) But but was Hollywood a bit like that, generally? That uh, life was uh, saccharinely sugared? The rest of Hollywood, probably not. Was it reality? Oh, the, well, I mean, there was some well, blood we were in Western, films. so they might have been based on reality. Mm. I don't know. Well, w- what about someone who's having a birthday round about this time of the month? On the 3rd of uh, April 1924 was born Doris Day, the US film star. Straight, but she's having her 97th birthday this year. She actually wasn't born Doris Day. She was Doris Knoffelmacker. Oh. <laughs> and you wouldn't a- want to change that, would you? <laughs> <laughs> True indeed. Yeah. But there, she was portrayed quite often in an unreal situation, being uh, a very, um, okay, there's no other word, butch lady in a men's world in the Wild West, and she was trying to sweeten the whole storyline. Calamity Jane. Yeah. Yeah, she was, she was a, that was a, 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 a show that made her a gay icon with the women. Yeah, because she wore leather things and leather boots and all the oh, rest. She of was them. a cowgirl. She was a cowgirl. Yeah, but the, she was actually um, the real life calamity. Jane was a real um, hard, hard lady, hard drinker, hard swearer, hard everything. She wasn't the pretty girl that Doris so you, Day made her out to be. But would you put that on stage? You couldn't put yeah. it. But they, they did make it. A, a television show with her in it, playing with with Calamity Jane in it, as a real Calamity Jane who right. was a hard drinking, hard wearing, mm. hard, you know, and they've showed the real Calamity Jane in that one. But but um, in in the movie with Doris Day, she was just absolutely beautiful and sang so many lovely, wonderful songs. They're still they're still standards, basically. Yeah, and uh, she was by the Hollywood uh, factories. Well, they were. The film industry were the factories. They just rolled them out. Uh, she was teamed with uh, Rock Hudson, mm, they, who was, they, again, another inappropriate person for the roles that he played. But she was very gay-friendly. Oh, she yes. She was a very gay-friendly lady, and probably because of Rock Hudson. You see, this oh, is yeah, the thing. Oh, yeah, but her and him were able to present a... a a, a lovely couple That's right, when, in yeah. fact, he was probably had his eyes on the the boys, on the lads. Mm, probably was watch, watching the, the filmmakers but and all the rest. It probably took twice as long to film their movies as anybody else's. Why? Because every time they switched camera to her, they had a soft lens. <laughs> you never saw a sharp image of her face. Oh, in, in most of those rom-coms, she was pretty, it was pretty well photographed, oh, I think. pretty soft. If you go back, yeah. I can remember trying to adjust my TV once and thought, hang on, it was, <laughs> it was only when I saw her. But, she, but she, was, uh, she was great. But she had a very, her life was never very good. I think, I'm not sure whether she had two or three husbands and they all robbed her blind. Oh. And, and she they, she just lost so much of her fortunes that she had made from all the movies and everything she did and the real estate she had and all the rest of it. And these husbands, and how she finished up, she got rid of a lot of them and looked she's, after her own affairs. And she's, looked, she's outlived them. And now she's living up in um, 
north in California, just before you get to San Francisco, Carmel. Carmel. She's living in Carmel with about seventy-five thousand dogs. She's, oh, she she's loves dogs. she loves right. dogs. Yes, Carmel is a village yes, by know. the sea. It's heavily treed. It's absolutely beautiful. It's a beautiful place. But I don't think I could afford a jam sandwich <laughs> in the store. <laughs> oh, we stayed there overnight when we were traveling up to the. To, we went to drove to Carmel once mm-hmm. with. Um, the people I was staying, the chap I was staying with. It's not far from Monterey, which is beautiful. That's right. Yeah, yep. Where Steinbeck but, but, wrote about the valley. Yeah, but st- but um, Doris Day is still going, pushing it along, and um, uh, uh, she's she's great. She's a lot. Of, she's like a lot of people. She did a lot of work for um, people with AIDS as well. She was America's Princess Di during the AIDS That's crisis. Right. Yeah, one of them. Yeah, yeah. And supported Rock Hudson to the very end. You can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. You're with Phil, Chris and Gordon. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. We're heading through our little list of people and events and anniversaries. We've got a couple of connected activities here or people or themes. Uh, We'll be talking talking about Peter Allen, uh, Rudolf Nureyev and Ryan White. Hmm. Perhaps we'll start with Ryan White. Well, he was one of the beginnings, wasn't he? One of the first people to be vilified because being a haemophiliac, he was given some tainted blood in one of his um, transfusions and he finished up with HIV and then AIDS and he was ostracised like you'd never believe. In um, He was born in Kokomo. The family had to leave that town and go and live in another place. Well, they virtually became nomads. But he was a perfectly innocent young boy. He contracted the, the virus through a transfusion, and he wasn't alone in that no, issue. They, Bryce Courtney, the Australian author, his son was the same. Yeah, but yeah. see, at that stage, AIDS and HIV were so misunderstood that they didn't know what the, the transference was. So Ryan, I guess his family stood up and exposed... The, the injustice and bigotry mm. that was not warranted. None of it was warranted. Yeah. And one of the people that really supported him was Elton John. That's how Elton John became involved in the AIDS crisis, through Ryan Wright. Yeah, I Ryan think White. actually Oprah would have introduced Elton to him. Oh, somewhere uh, along the line. But, yeah, but they, they hit a nerve with Oprah, and she, well, as you can imagine, doesn't like any kind of injustice. Because mm, you were in and, America at the time, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, and um, it was big news and the injustice was exposed. The people complaining were not going to change. Hmm. That, like homophobes now, we're just going to have to wait for them to die out. Yep. Oprah and Elton started to change the world. The day that Ryan White died and then they were going to have the funeral, Elton was supposed to do a concert. He cancelled the concert so he could go to Mrs White and be with her. And, oh, um, yeah, this yeah. was not a publicity stunt. This no, it was a real it, connection. He was a real connected with him, and it was because of Ryan White that Elton has raised millions of dollars yeah. for AIDS research, AIDS people all around the world, especially in Africa. He's done a lot of work in Africa or ma- raised money for African people who have not had the benefit of getting some, yeah. of, the, some of the drugs. But my suggestion is that because of some of the highly known people in the world that became infected and have since gone or like Elton saw the injustice and, and Oprah mm. and Lady Di, they basically said, look, these are people, we've got to help these people. Yeah. They're not, another one not was, animals. Yeah, another one was Elizabeth Taylor. She yep. was another one. But those people were able to give a face to a disease that was killing people and they didn't worry about it themselves because they, they were not going to obviously get the disease. Perhaps Elton John yeah. could have, but he didn't. 
but they were then able to rally around and get money raised. The American government was doing absolutely nothing about it. Well, they, they pled ignorance, basically. So yeah. by, by getting the big names out there, and even Lady Diana sitting in a ward and actually touching people made as much difference as anything in the world to right. actually yep. disarming the fear of AIDS. Well, she hugged one AIDS patient, mm. and that went, ra- that went viral around the world, that photo. One of the things with Ryan White's situation was that he went back to school, but he was bullied and ostracised by his classmates. All the other students' parents uh, demanded that uh, he stay away from their children. He was expelled from the school, and uh, the the Western School Corporation, because of the perceived health risk to other students, uh, sort of basically went along with that. But his situation became a controversial case in North America with AIDS activists lobbying to have him reinstated while attempting to explain to the public that AIDS can't be transmitted by casual contact. So you were set up with this learning situation and he received a, so much media attention that, mm. that all these other uh, things fell into place mm. uh, as a consequence of, of him and his supporters just screaming right. their, yeah. their heads off. And I think a few high-profile people like... Well, unfortunately, Ryan became high-profile. He'd never wanted that. But Rock Hudson's death, I think, woke a lot of people up to think, well, if he can die, why can't I? Might have focused the fear into finding a solution rather than just ostracising people. Because not only in the gay community in America, it was in the straight community very, very badly as well. Well, Ryan White was a 12-year-old boy. Especially in the uh, African-American communities Mm. in America. They were very, very highly infected people. It's it's the same situation in uh, Australia. With the Australian Indigenous. This community that is out of touch Deliberately or by accident but the, with, with the, the services that are available. The situation in America is a bit different because the African-American society could not be seen as gay. These, yeah. are, these are gay men and they would meet and entertain each other on what they called the down low. Hmm. So secret meetings. So coming out as gay was not an option because it's a cultural thing. And I hope that's improved. But certainly in the, the time of the crisis, black men were getting sick and would not have been providing any information of how they got sick. Mm. A couple of uh, major names of people at that particular time of the world who contracted uh, HIV and eventually died was um, Peter Allen, the Australian Peter Allen, the boy from Oz, who was the husband of Liza Minnelli, who had a birthday on this 12th of March in 1946. He was her man bag. She probably was, her, was. Mm. yeah, probably was. He was his uh, crush, his yeah. squeeze, or yeah. whatever you like to yeah. say. Also, in there, born on the seventeenth of March, nineteen thirty-eight, was Rudolf Nureyev, the Russian ballet dancer who defected to the West mm. and became a sensation. And he only got to the West because the bloke that was supposed to go injured himself. And they put in Nureyev as his understudy. But he yes. wasn't a bad old dancer himself. Oh, I watched Nureyev. Could, I you know. saw Nureyev every time he performed here at the Palais Theatre because I was working down there. And it was he was, he was something to behold. He was just so magnificent. And Peter Allen wasn't exactly a singer next door either, was he? he was no, no. He <laughs> above a, the, the made best. Made a name for himself, yep, yep. But he could have fallen in love with the idea of Liza Minnelli more than the actual person. Yeah. Because she I, was... 
Julie, Julie Garland's, Garland's daughter. I think he was more enamoured with Julie, Judy Garland. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Things that they had to do in those years. I mean, it's 40 years ago sort of thing, or mm. 30 years ago, that you had to have this false situation about your oh, life. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it is nowadays with lots of them, but lots of people, especially in TV, are out. Yeah, and they're playing straight roles, and they're playing gay roles, and they're they're just doing anything they want. Well, they're, yeah. actors. they're actors. Let That's them act. It, is. it yeah, shouldn't matter. Right. Yeah, it shouldn't matter what what who you go to bed with. It what matters to them? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it proves how acceptable it is now to let people know where you stand. But following some of the 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 gay news that I've been reading since I've come came back home, there's a lot of people in America are now not so pleased about the gay community. And why is that? Look, I didn't have a chance to read it. I had when I came home. I had 177 emails. Oh, you mean Jossie Smollett? Yeah. Oh no, Jossie Smollett was happening while I was on on the ship. But no, this was just the, the, these are the, the things I get every oh, day. Oh, is this you know. the the right wing pushing back? Do you yeah, think? sort of. I think so. Yes. Yeah. yeah so Mr. Yeah. Trump. So Mr. Trump can have his little say, and of course he's carrying on about the trans people in the army. And well, all of course, you know. though that that piece of paper comes into effect on the twelfth of uh, April, April mm-hmm. this year. That's when, that's going to be a funny day, isn't it? Because that's well, when Brooks, I don't know Britain's whether they get England. bounced out or it's just no more. Yeah, but that's a good day because Britain is supposed to be Brexiting on the 12th of April. Oh, and we're not, Trump, not holding our breath for a Brexit. Don, Don, Donald Trump is, wants his trans people out of the army, but I don't think that'll ever happen. I wouldn't be surprised if Trump wakes up one day and withdraws the, the law and denies it ever happened. It just seems part of the course. It's, well, I was never going to ban anybody. It's like fake news. Oh. Why are you people saying all these things oh, about me? I'm a God wonderful person. Yet he's still employed and still breathing. <laughs> <laughs> You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Here's Adam Lambert, the original high, here on Joy. And Been There, Done That is our show. Take it away, Adam. I got the need for speed and on a hot night Pushing 150 just to give eyes There's no comfort in comfort I need the edge but the edge keeps drifting It's all in my head listening to a joycast from GLBTIQ community radio station Joy 94.9. This Joy program has a podcast and you can subscribe to it at joy.org.au. Yes, indeed. Been there, done that with Gordon, Phil and Chris does have a podcast and we've got a library of over 200 shows mm. that you can go and refer to. In fact, you can even go back 12 months and see the sort of anniversaries that we were talking about 12 months ago. And it- we've also just gone on to Spotify. Oh, yes, we have. In fact, if you've got a Spotify account, you can. Uh, you don't need to go to another app to actually listen to Been There, Done That. Hmm. You can listen it to us on Spotify. We may well be the good replacement for anaesthetic. 
Oh. If you listen to 200 <laughs> shows in a row, <laughs> chances are you won't be awake at the end. No, well, the reason that you will, uh, you've will, you got 200 there to listen to is because that number of 200 is not going to increase for the next four months because we're having a little siesta. We're having a hibernation for winter, aren't we, Gordon? Aren't we, Phil? Well, no, I'm actually going to see a girl called Esther. I haven't met her yet. All oh, right, but I've got four months. So how long have we? Yeah, oh, okay. Right. But um, we'll, we should be back sometime in August. Well, we certainly hope so. We've got to uh, bribe the the powers that be. Well, oh no! Yes. Well, they can't. They can't with this talent in this room at the moment. <laughs> they'll they'll beg us to come back. Yes, and how we've done what eight hundred and fifty? Yeah. Oh yes. Thank you. Gordon, Gordon, it is show number 850. We put the show number uh, at the foot of all our uh, the words that go with our podcasts, and 850 shows. That's Over the years. A lot what, of, what year did you start? 2000? Well, in the year 2000, yes, mm-hmm. and uh, it was me and Annette and Bill. Sorry, so yeah. it was Annette, Bill and Chris, That's the right. ABC of joy, That's J-O-Y. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and uh, we did a two-hour show in those days. Bill was the theatre queen, and he uh, went to all opening shows. Oh, he went to everything, he didn't he? storylines. He was an avid reader, and uh, he was a member of the community, so... He he was able to contribute very well, uh, very extensively to our programs. I think Bill would go to an opening of an envelope. Oh, he would, yes. <laughs> However, he, he's gone from this world, and yep. uh, over the years, uh, we've had a few others come and go. And Gordon, you popped in, a, a filler at one stage. I don't know how long I've been doing this. No, probably A few six, years now. Yes, six years, six, six, six seven six years. years seven yeah. years, yeah. yeah. And young Phil, how did you come to be in this I heard you two on the radio, and I thought, that's not community radio, it's too slick. So I came in to see how it was done, to see what the tricks were. There weren't any. There were, no, <laughs> because you two talking to just each other. just didn't even talk about it. So yeah. within three weeks, I had a headphone set on and a microphone shoved in front of me, and they made me talk. <laughs> and we've enjoyed your company ever since. Well, and, that's what you say on air. And, and the Simpsons jokes as <laughs> well, Simpsons. see. Well, they're, they're references, they're not jokes. It's part of the uh, education of the masses. Oh, oh, right. That our, our history is being documented in animation. Whether we like it or not. No, that's for sure. There's one interesting birthday that they were having in the 3rd of April. One of the most gorgeous-looking men when he was young. He was absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. Turned into be a brilliant actor. Made his debut on the Broadway stage in a streetcar named Desire and just threw everybody out of the, out of the theatre. They just could not believe what they'd seen with this man. And I'm talking about Marlon Brando. Okay, the younger generation might not know him, but he was a... Oh, heartthrob. Oh, God, he was a good-looking man. He was admired by the women and quite a few guys as well. Well, he was bisexual. He, he did, was, he did yeah, have, yeah, yeah, but they didn't mm, know that. Mm. He just exuded sexuality. Oh, God, when he played What's-Name in Streetcar, it was just, when you see it on the screen, it is just... He was one of the first film stars who started to sell... The male physique as mm. desirable. We're referring to his early days. Yeah. Not his latter days. Oh, Not his latter days. No. He could have sold a lot more of the male physique. But, but, well, he finished up a little looking a little like Elvis did at the end too, rather yeah. large. But in his Would glory, you say his performance in Streetcar would be described as stellar? I would say Stella was calling him at every <laughs> That's time. That's an in joke to That's those an, who know the play. Stella was the other was the was the woman in the in the play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but in his, his press photos and everything, he uh, wore the white 
T-shirt and filled it out in all the right places. I can remember a publicity shot that I think Gordon may have shown me with him without the shirt on. (laughs) Oh, he had a great body. Uh, Hubba Bubba would be the two words. He had a bit of a baby face. Mm. It it wasn't a a mature, male, ugly, dry, narrow, sharp face. It was comfortable. I think he was about 23 at the time, so he would have been in his perfection time, you know. But um, he was also, he, he, he was... Had many wives too, and lots of children, and um, he was. He also had boyfriends all over the place. That's right, and and uh, from all the from the lower echelon to mm, the higher yes, echelon. Well, he was uh, having an affair with the prime minister of Thailand at one stage during a filming of a movie in the Philippines or something, or in the lower part of Thailand. Homer Simpson, I might add, <laughs> was being invited to lunch one day, one time, and um, this guy says, "Oh, you like Thai." Homer says, yeah, you like shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you got one in there. Good on you, yep. Philip. Had to get one in. Yep. We'll, we'll, uh, that'll have to <clears throat> last for four months at least. No more Simpsons jokes for a little while. Or, or say, I beg your pardon, they're not jokes. They're references. References or, or, or um, sayings. They're, they're significant social commentary. Another, another star that has long since passed but was was a huge comedian in the early days of television, black and white television. She, she was a redhead. Was, she was a redhead, and she was absolutely amazing. Her timing was absolutely perfect and everything. But in her later life, she had chest pains, so she started taking poppers. Yeah, you, you don't take them. You, uh, you sniff them or something, yes. whatever you do with them, yeah. Uh, and, and that was to enlarge the blood, blood vessels mm. so the heart was able to pump a bit easier and get over the pains of angina, which but is heart pains. That would have been long after her time on screen as I, would, oh, yes, I Love Lucy or The Lucy Show. Yeah, yeah, it was well after that. She owned screens for decades. Yeah, well, she and Desi, they owned everything. For well, they lot. invented something that we still use today. What's that? The three camera technique. Oh, right. Okay. Whereas you sit down and record a whole show from three different angles and you put it together. Live television had one camera. And if you're lucky, you'd have two cameras. But they actually, in doing their, what now we would call sitcoms, saved a lot of time and a lot of money because they're doing this in front of a live audience. They could actually put the show together later. Oh, right. So they, like they cut, and cut and paste sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, instead of doing multiple takes like you do in a movie yeah. until you get it right. What they do now is do two performances of the show and edit the two together. And if you're into continuity picking like I am, <laughs> you'll see the new shows that you see an artist from behind and then from the front and they're holding a clipboard and it would be in different positions or very little things yeah. like that. Yeah. So it's but that's Desi Lu Studios. The world owes a lot to those two. Oh, right, yeah. But they were very, very wealthy people, the pair of them. When the- and very funny. And as Lucille pointed out in an interview once, She's not funny at all. It's only the writers. She said the writers are hilarious, but she couldn't tell a joke to save herself. No, that's right, but she but, but she could act it. Which it and, was and the slapstick, timing, and the timing. And yeah, the it was timing perfect. was perfect. She could just you, you just whether it was because of the three camera technique or not, I don't know. Everything she did was just so funny, and she could exaggerate things in a slapstick way mm. and make it work. Yep. Whereas somebody else might try the same thing and say, "Oh, well, you're just putting that on," or that. Would, would she be on? Places like YouTube and that sort of thing. In oh, you'd find her all over YouTube. I'm sure in free-to-air broadcast, she's on somewhere around the world all the time. Hmm. And the but, shows, they're just so innocent and sweet 
that they're just fun to watch. Yeah. The famous one that gets replayed somewhat frequently is her in a production line in a chocolate factory where oh, she's having to so pack chocolates, chocolates yes. and, and the, fa- the line is running too fast and she has to stuff them in, down her <laughs> apron and in her, in her apron. She's stuffing them everywhere, trying to eat them and do everything. See, that, that was the early days towards the end of her television career. She had her son and daughter on there with her. And this is towards the late 60s. Yeah. So we were getting into the pop music and all that sort of stuff at the time. And it was a completely different career. Mm. But still, you'd be glued to the screen. You'd watch it every week, even as re 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 reruns. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet there's one thing she never did. What's that? Dance around a maypole. Oh no, she wouldn't have. She wouldn't have. But that's very oldie worldy. It's very European. They're still doing it. Yeah, but do they, we don't have them here in Australia. No, no. But they, I was watching something from England the other day, and they were doing. They were had the maypole up, and they were dancing. Yeah, we, we're talking about maypoles because at one stage, around about this time in seventeen forty four or something or other, some sixteen forty four, the English it, Parliament it, yep. ordered that all maypoles in the country be removed. Now, this was part of the Reformation of of. Uh, being spoil sports of of decrying anything that was nice and happy it was very it was a religious clamp so, down on good times but they also got rid of all the beautiful stained glass windows and all these anything yeah. that was beautiful they got rid of it. it had to be stark and horrible and they felt that the maypole was a phallic symbol well it with was all, well it was we know it was but they thought it was Keep too them out of washington dc yeah <laughs> and then they did this whole um, dance with the girls passing underneath the ribbons and plaiting the ribbon around the pole and then da- and dancing back the other way and unplaiting it all. Yeah. And it was supposed to be all about your boyfriends or something. Well, right? it was the women adoring this object, the phallus. Yeah. Well, I've got no complaints. <laughs> <laughs> But the times have moved on, and a lot of those middle European countries still have the flagpole, but they don't quite revere it in the uh, the old fashioned way. No, no, but they, it was something that was totally straight. It looks horribly gay. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that, that and Morris dancing. That they, the Morris dancers. They, I saw something the other night with Morris dancers, and they were hysterical. <laughs> I saw some kids doing that. They were Morris minor dancers. <laughs> <Were they? laughs> Very good, thank you. Well done, Philip. That's probably the last one you're going to get to say before we finish for the next four months. I think that's what the public want. (laughs) There are lots of things that come and go in the world, and I'm just wondering what's going to be still here in another 50 years' time when we're no longer here. It's going to be interesting to see. Everything will be digital or whatever is next. Mm -hmm. Yep, doesn't pay to think about. Yep. Well, lads and lasses and listeners, look at that. Oh, L's, L's, L's. The alliteration alliteration with all the L's. It's time for us to take our bat and ball and go home. Mm. And we'll be back in four months' time, hopefully. But in the meantime, we'll have a little bit of a rest and a refresh. You'll save yourselves. So I don't know who'll be in this spot on Wednesday mornings for those early birds who get up and do their ironing at that stage. You can keep listening to Joy because there's so much here for you to listen to of interest, part of our community, stories therefrom. You can get it 24-7, 12 months of a year. And podcasts at your own leisure. And podcasts as well. Leisure. How do you you go to podcasts, Philip, the last quick one? We can go to joy.org.au, we can go to iTunes or even Spotify. You can spot us there. 
Thanks very much. All the Thank best. Bye, Bye for now. Bye for now. We'll see you in a little while. Sayonara. Joy. Out. Loud. Proud. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Bring joy to the world. Listen to us everywhere. Download the Joy smartphone app now at joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.